Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. I was in a chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. Um, we're gonna deal with the crown, and this is kind of like an introductory lesson because we're gonna stay in this area, this head area head neck area um for a couple weeks um and actually sister nia aka mom, my mom is gonna um kind of do the next two lessons for a couple reasons one i'm writing right now and most of the time when i'm researching to write i can kind of multitask but now i'm writing to write and so I got a lot of stuff in my head, and as you guys can tell, a lot of my stuff starts to blend together. And so when the stuff stops being connected to uh, this stuff, it, it starts to blend, you know. So, um, oh, yeah. so it, it all blends. It all blends together, and so I don't want not like the stuff is like something that's not this, but I don't want that stuff to bleed over here because it's just it's just different stuff and i will get to it eventually but it's just it's heavy on my mind and i really can't get it off <laughs> and so it makes it difficult for me to like really 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 um focus so just for a couple of weeks so i can kind of get to the stuff that's like literally yeah. that's right downable like sometimes it's just studying so it's just ruminating but when it's like needs to be written down it just stays like right here like i can't even function properly so okay so this week, crown. Oh, you doing that, though? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So on your outlines, you have like a, just a basic outline, and then I did the whole definition thing again on the second page. And I made it a little bit shorter this time because I'm gonna probably talk more than I'm gonna go off with outline. So at, we dealt with redemption. So after the whole idea of prolonging, right? Mm-hmm. Re, uh, renewal, and then return or yielding of your fruit, then you get a you get a crown. That's like the, the natural progression. So in church, we, um, we always say, um, when I get over there, I'm getting a crown. Like it's, I'm getting something that's going to establish the fact that I've made it through a particular path, journey, or steps. Same thing in birth. Like when, when you get, when you have a child, you go from a single, not single, but like you're just you. And even with the baby, it's still just like, I have a baby growing in my belly. But then when that child comes, you not only get a gift, but you're also bumped into another category. You're a mother now. So you wear this like mother crown or hat as we call it. So it changes or it makes something about you distinguishable to other people. You even start looking different. You're like, wow, I'm somebody's mom. Like this is pretty cool. Okay, so after this process, like birth, you get a crown. After our spiritual process of prolonging renewal and then um, return, there's a crown. Also in relationship though. So I'm saying crown instead of hat because there's nothing fancy about a hat. So um, <laughs> so in a, when you get married, so you're single and then you start dating, right? Mm-hmm. And the physical thing that we get, you obviously have a ring, but the spiritual thing you get is a crown. This person is supposed to be um, noble, if you please. He's supposed to be like a king. And then when a princess marries a king then she becomes a queen right so you go from pretty much being a girl to a woman and so there's a different crown you wear as a woman a princess gets this cute little tiara but a queen 
she got something going on up there. It got like stones and it's rocking. In the Hebrew culture, it wasn't the crown that we think of. Um, you've heard um, Maury, so you have, do the sermon about the woman with the coin and she loses her coin and he goes to it and tells you it's a dromeda. And it's actually a headpiece. And it was like, it was like, like, uh, you want to pull it up? So um, it was, it had coins, but the coins were not just like, coins they were worth something most of the time those head pieces were worth like a hundred thousand dollars they were they're important and you see them in different cultures some women wear head wraps and they put these stones and they you see it so the dangling things and so that was kind of the thing your head piece carried your jewels so that's where we get this picture of my jewels and my crown when i get to the other side that whole picture okay so um the importance of position when it comes to the crown because a lot of times people take their crowns too soon or out of order, right? So, for instance, when you have a child and you're not married and you become a mother, you wear this crown or this hat, but it doesn't have the proper support that it would when you were, if you had support. Now, I'm not saying men, I'm talking about in a perfectly functioning situation, in an orderly situation, then you have... You have position with power and then with power to back up your power, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing um, in a relationship. You have a lot of young women who get into relationships and they put on this crown or this wife hat Mm -hmm. and they're not married. Mm -hmm. So you start operating like a wife and you start feeling like you should be treated like one, but this man... You're not his wife because he didn't make you his wife. Why buy the cow if I can get the milk for free? Right. So you're wearing this crown like you're the queen and you feel entitled, the the term entitled, and you have expectations. My mom used to tell me, until you're married, you really can't feel entitled or have expectations. You are a single woman and he is a single man. Until that person marries you, you don't really have any tie to that person. They're not obligated. And that's why a lot of men don't get married because there's an obligation. They know once you get married, now the family going to expect something of me. And so you have grown men, 20s, late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, who don't get married because they're like, no, no, no. I'm not going to have these people ask me why I'm not here or why I'm not doing this or why don't you come to the family this? And you have all these girls going through this because you put this crown on and guess what? Who gave it to you? You took it. Because the whole idea of a crown is that somebody should gift it to you, right? Yah gifts the crown to those who overcome, right? A man, when he makes a, they say, an honorable woman of her, yeah. he gifts something to her to show her that I'm, I'm, I'm giving up something so you can be in this position, a child when they come forth. So you get that picture. So the importance of the position is very, very important. Okay, so there's a verse on top of there because this is what we're pretty much going to deal with. A virtuous woman, I'm going to define these words, Virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Where's the verse? Oh, it's at the top of that page over there. Is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Okay. okay. How does that have to do anything? Well, obviously Hebrew is always a contrast, especially mm-hmm. in the Proverbs. It's always contrasting a, one particular type of person, right, and another particular type of person. The Bible's never saying that all women are good. And that all women are bad. Or that good women can't be bad and that bad women can't be good. But it's going to give you the categories to distinguish between these two particular things so that you can make a choice to be one or the other. Right? So you have it. it, I mean, the whole book of Proverbs, like, my son, don't be a fool because a wise man does this and a foolish man does this. And a wise woman does this, and a foolish woman does this, and a wise woman buildeth her house, but a foolish woman teareth it down. So you have these comparisons. So you have a guideline to look at. Hebrew is all about what I can see, touch, taste, hear, smell, feel, and very little about what just makes sense on a right, so a headpiece, in a basic, you know, Christian sense. And so I'll drop that picture in on the on the side so they can see a picture of that headrest so um we're going to define a couple of things the first thing i'm going to define though is this idea of virtuous so i'm actually going to flip it even though i know our lesson is about um the crown i want to define what a virtuous woman is because a virtuous woman wearing a crown and a jezebel wearing a crown are 
You know what I mean? You have to know the difference because it's not just about the crown. It's about the person with the crown on. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So you have moms and then you have like super moms or and then you got you know what I mean then you have terrible moms you know what I mean so you have to know the difference between that you have some moms who would just leave their kids and be like I could care less well is she still a mom does she still wear the crown of a mother yes but is she a good mother no so a woman or can still wear a crown but is she a good woman a wife can still be a wife and wear the crown of a wife but is she a good wife and then what does this look like? So we're going to deal with this idea of virtuous. And um, everybody knows this verse. I mean, people talk about it so much. I've read it like 50 times and until I actually did a study on what the word meant. Didn't have a clue. So the word is uh, chayil. So C-H-A-Y-I-L. Okay. Uh-huh. And so the verse obviously is... Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So, on the surface, what do you guys think? Or what have you... C-H-A-Y. Y-I-L. I wrote it, but I couldn't read So, Proverbs 31. So, when you were when we were growing up, obviously in church and other... And other groups that woman did exist. Or, okay, and so what... But what is she? What is? What are some things when... You have the idea of a virtuous wife projected onto you. What what does that look like in your brain? Or what has somebody told you that that's supposed to look like? Hmm. Somebody told you what a virtuous like, what, what do you I, think? What do you think she looks like? I mean, like, in, in description, I, I, if you... Oh, oh, as far as taking care of responsibilities in the household, whether it be cooking, cleaning, okay. managing everything in the home, that's, okay. that was... That's what you... Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the same that she a virtuous woman is... She's knowledgeable. She keeps, you know, runs the house and mm-hmm. she does the things that she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have no? I, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Well, take care of, you know, she takes care of her husband, the okay. children, the mm-hmm. house, and just try to make everybody happy. Okay. She's same. A, the, the same thing she's... The manager of her household, she delegates her time wisely. She has time for her husband and her children, but she's also a businesswoman. She does does administrative work. She's respected, and her husband's respected because because of her conduct. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect. mm -hmm. Yes. Probably agree with that. Okay. Although she's a woman that's led by the spirit of y'all, y'all puts um, y'all first. Okay. Consults him and. You know, every day, step by step. Mm-hmm. Okay, so men, pretty much, we can seek out that woman in some capacity. Now, obviously, men often have different definitions. I'm going to give you Webster's definition of what it means to be virtuous. So it says, um, according to the dictionary, virtuous means having or showing high moral standard. And some of the synonyms are righteous, good, pure, saintly, etc. Okay? So, these things are like, one, very feminine. Like, you know, like, when you think of a woman, it's like a... It's a very... You, you have these, like... They're very womanly, I guess. It's like... But they're also abstract. Like, what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to manage your home? You know, what does it mean to be... What what are what do those things mean? And everyone I everyone has their own interpretation. Everyone has their own interpretation. And I find so many times, especially um, in the Christian church, that there are so many seminars and so many things teaching young girls, be virtuous, be virtuous, be virtuous. And oftentimes they're saying stay pure and be this woman that this man wants, be quiet, you know, that thing, whatever that is. And um, in reality, while those are all good things, it's not actually what the Bible's talking about. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Bible is, if you're a woman, you're a woman. I don't have to make you a woman. A man should never have to make a woman mm-hmm. a woman. Mm-hmm. That's something your mama should have did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, so if a person is trying to find a virtuous woman, it shouldn't have anything to do with the qualities of a woman. 
those things should already come with her being a woman. The base nature is that everybody in the community should get a should get a woman. So the woman should already, I don't care if she's a good wife or a bad wife, she should already know how to cook. She should already know how to clean. She should already know how to take care of her children. So that can't be what a virtuous woman is if by definition every woman should know how to manage her home. She is the keeper of the house. So then the Bible has to be talking about more, right? Okay. So, um, pretty much our definition is shaped by Western, a Western standard. It's Western standard. So when we think virtuous, because when we think of virtuous, we think of New Testament, right? We're thinking church, Christian, mm-hmm. and often white. I'm just sad to say it, but the role model for what virtuous was for black women were white women. If you were in the plantation, then you wanted to be like that woman. She wasn't getting beat. She wasn't getting raped. She wasn't getting, she didn't have to clean up her own house. You know, like that was the woman that you wanted to be like. She always got to dress and she never got to, she never got, had to get dirty. And her kids always looked good because somebody else was taking care of them. She, it was made to look easy for her. You're like, when I get out of here, that's what I want to be like. Okay, so even for my generation, right, 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 she said she didn't have to sleep with her own husband, right, right, she pretty much had it made in the shade with a glass of lemonade, she had it, she had it made, and so that is, even though I know on the surface, and probably even before I said it, most people didn't believe that, because we don't, that is the image in our head of a virtuous woman. Mm-hmm. And then where does her virtue come from? Well, from her home. So she sees these great goddesses and they're built like this and they just stand there. They don't say nothing. They don't do nothing. So while women, might not, these Caucasian women during slavery may not have agreed, what do you do? You don't say anything. You don't do anything. You are just supposed to be there. Right? That is their mentality. So you're following where this mentality comes from. And so what happens with even our men is that that is what they have in their head. Not saying all men do it, but enough to make a mention. A lot of black men who become successful get white wives. And I don't think it's because they don't like black women, but it's because in your mind, if I'm getting the cream of the crop of a virtuous woman, it's going to be what's been imprinted in my head. I'm not going to see, I don't see a virtuous woman as the woman that raised me because, gosh, she always was mad. She couldn't really get her hair combed because she was always running behind us. She was always... She was always... She always had to be rough. She could never be what they consider dainty or put together. So when they thought about, when you think of a trophy wife, you're not thinking of necessarily that kind of black woman. You're thinking of what you consider a statuesque trophy wife to be. Mm-hmm. And what are other people going to think when you yeah. have this particular person? Mm-hmm. So virtue is still attached to a particular culture. Now, there are still men who love their women, and they ain't no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it is what is put before them mm-hmm. as this is the best. This is this is the best woman because these are the best people. So get the, pe- the woman from the best people. So Bible doesn't see it like that. So those kind of aspirations to Yah are low. Because it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It ain't about skin color. It's not about that. A virtuous woman is a virtuous woman. And I'm going to give you what that is. So the word virtuous, I gave you the word, Hail, um, is mentioned 243 times in scripture. And the first... Probably maybe all of them. All of the definitions um, for the word virtuous were absolutely nothing. That one, the reason, the definition for virtuous are all the reasons why a lot of black men do not get black women. Mm -hmm. And the reasons for virtuous are going to be none of the ones based upon the scriptural definition of virtuous that any of you guys mentioned. First one. The very first one means army. The second one has to do with a person of valor. The third one means a host. Forces, 
valiant, strength, riches, wealth, power, substance, might. None of these things sound very uh, womanly based upon what our definition was, right? Because the idea of being a strong woman always means that you're not a you're not submissive right Mm -hmm. you're you're not uh you're not womanly you're not feminine you're none of these things right that's i'm saying the cultural stigma for those things where i was like actually no that's actually the complete opposite so one of the things that yah tells women because we get this definition what virtue is i want you to be strong but i want you to be meek Uh difference meek is not weak meek is not what people think it is and so he says meek means power under control so you are very very you are a host you don't know you don't host like what a host of uh, right you are an army you have the ability to what to be reckoned a wise woman can build her house she she can also tear it down it takes an army it takes a very strong person to do both to tear down a house is is strength it's in the negative to build it as strength in the positive, right? So he says, to be meek and quiet. Quiet doesn't mean not talking either. Quiet has to do with this idea of, she has a calm spirit. She's not easily shaken, agitated. She's a comfort. Like, it's like, it's like a house. When you want a house, nobody wants a house, and we're gonna get back to this, I promise you. Nobody wants a house that's, that's, that's rocky and it's all messed up and it might fall in no i want a strong house right mm-hmm. i don't want a house that just looks like bricks in the inside i want a house that's strong but at the same time it feels good when i'm there too True. you know what i mean it's it's home it's homey mm-hmm. so y'all was like you gotta be both you gotta be meek but you also gotta be calm and quiet i don't want like a sergeant i'm a good i am meek and i will not kick your butt but i'm a no i want you to be both i want there to be strength but it's a quiet strength, and everybody knows it's there, and don't nobody want to mess with it. But I don't. You don't have to be rough to be to be strong. Okay, so has to do with this idea of might. So where women take it too far is that you get, I don't need a man. <laughs> Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do. I could probably whoop a man <laughs> if I really want to. I am what they consider unsubduable. And the word subdue is not a bad word, actually. It means that, like, a man will never be able to conquer your heart because you're so hard. It's like stone. It's to be stone. Right. To be subdued mm-hmm. means that, and, it, and it's a very much a Western term, and it's probably very vulgar, too. But it has the idea that, have you ever watched the Animal Planet? And you see those animals where they, like, the men... I wish there were some younger, younger women here. Mm-hmm. The men, the, the male species of animals actually put on the show. Mm-hmm. They make the, they get their home and they got, they all have all the, I always, when I was like, why do you all make like all those? Think about the peacock. Right. He's, he's the, the male. male. He's the male. He has all the colors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yam makes yeah. all of the male creatures very, very attractive. And they, the women draw to them, right? And so they have to put on a show. I mean, they are like either they're killing each other or I saw one where this one, he got like, got these little berries and he bent the branches and made it into like a little bird. Put it, and he started ruffling his feathers and he did this dance. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are being so cut short on the whole. But the whole idea is the one, the bird is, um, the what? The word, the, the bird is, uh, the female bird is, she's like, her attention span is short. Cause she's like, which means I'm going to extend the life of you, your seed. So I don't have to be, I can be choosy. Cause I got, I got what you need to do, what you need to carry out your, your progeneration. But same, but for the same thing, he understands that too. But they need each other. It's a relationship. So the female bird is like, she's in the little nest and she's like looking around and he's putting on his dance and she almost seems uninterested and he's like, oh, dang. And so he gets like, go, he's like going, I mean, I, I'll show you guys this after. It is hilarious. And finally, she is able to be subdued. She's like, okay, you know what? I'll let you have me. 
So a lot of women don't know how to do that part. Mm. It's just like a constant chase until it's like, mm. like okay, I've been done everything that I can. You're, suppo- you're supposed to stop running after I've showed, <laughs> <laughs> right? After I've showed you that one, I'm, I got your best interest. Look, I've done all this. Now I'm saying some men you should run from, but I'm saying the right one. Most women run from the white one to the point he's like, dang. Like, maybe I'm not good enough. No, at that point, you are allowed to be subdued. You let your strength down. I'm making a choice. I'm allowing, you know, myself to be with you, okay? So, um, but in Western culture, obviously, you don't need a man. Well, you do. There's certain. There's a certain level of comfort and protection and everything that comes with having a man. So, obviously, he gives the crown because he's inviting you into his own. Okay, so in Proverbs 31... You will see all these attributes of virtuous women laid out. She owned her own. She made deals. She had wealth. She worked hard. All of her accomplishments allowed her to be praised by her husband and her children. It didn't make her insubordinate. It didn't make her a man hater. It showed that in her role and with proper understanding of her function, and this is not just her function by her husband, but it was by everyone around her, her whole family, she could be a great benefit to her husband and her family. And so, um, this whole idea of a virtuous woman is this. So, in the New Testament, and I'm going to, so we can pretty much solidify this idea that virtue means strength. When Yeshua met the woman with the issue of blood, mm-hmm. and she touched his garment, what did he say left him? The virtue. A virtue. I felt virtue leave me. I felt strength leave from me. I have power. And I have strength, and I felt it. I felt some of it be tugged at. So you understand this has nothing to do with him being feminine. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with him being a woman. It's everything to do with attribute. So now that we see the virtue woman as strong, we must edify ourselves on how to handle this type of strength. Being a strong woman doesn't put us over a man, but it makes this woman a fortress and a strong inner wall for her man and her family. She should be impenetrable to forces of Satan that seek to divide and take the life out of her home because she is the life of the home. She is a refuge. A refuge is a strong place you can go in in a time of trouble. She is also one who enables, enables him to succeed and hold his head high when he's in the gate. I can be strong and stand firm because I know that, first of all, my family's taken care of, but I have this kind of person standing beside me. So, it has to do with power under control. So, we'll read this verse again. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to look at what a crown is. So, if you turn to that second page, um, the Hebrew word for crown, and I, oh, it's not mine, it's not yours, I'm sorry, is um, this type of crown, because remember, everything is feminine and masculine. Mm-hmm. The uh, I think it's nazare, is, and you don't have to know that, but that's a male crown. And the function of it is different, very different. And so we'll, we can look at that another time. But we're doing with the woman. So the woman's crown is called a, a tara, which is kind of like a tr, but it's a t a r a h, and it literally means a crown or wreath, right? So the man's crown, and I'll just give you this briefly, is a actually a, a sturdier type of crown, right? For for a few reasons. A woman's crown is a crown, but it's also a wreath. So you know what a wreath is? A wreath is normally made out of like flowers, mm-hmm. and it's made out of vegetation, and it's green, and it looks alive. It has life. Yeah. It draws. It sits there, and it, it's delicate. Right. Like yes. Instagram. Right, that yes, little Instagram. That. <laughs> exactly. So a woman's crown is like that. Where, oh, okay, where a man's crown is a little more sturdier, and it's actually not, I mean, really not as... As fancy. And you can see this because Messiah, in the picture, were of a crown or a wreath. They came with a crown of thorns. Because a man carries a different burden. His wreath or his is one of pressure, right? And one of sometimes pain and anguish. To be a king and to be a leader and to be a ruler also means that you have to deal with other people's problems and their situations. Where the woman, I don't, most, I, I used to want to, um, work in the prison, not as a guard or anything, but I used to want to be a psychologist in the prison. To pay a lot of money for that kind of thing. It's like eight thousand dollars a month, like starting off. And when I was 
work when I was going into the psychology field for college, Marvin was like, um, I'm never going to tell you what to do, but I think you would pose an extreme problem to our relationship. If all day you went to work and heard about prisoners, psychological issues, and then, <laughs> and then had to come home, how do you be how, you, you really don't. And so while the money might be good, that kind of stuff on your head as my wife is not, it's not conducive for a relationship. I'm like, okay, at the time I didn't understand it, but I was looking at this, I was like, oh. Because my... A lot of those, a lot of the guys that are psychiatrists, they're a little nutty. Most, I'll say that about most psychiatrists. Is that what's my brother? So, I always say people that want to psychoanalyze people are really trying to figure out what's really wrong with them, but they project it out and everybody else will say, well, I'm okay. They, I can my brother do that. You can just hold day. it all together. <laughs> but he works at Chuck Chill. Yep. It's like about how to balance women and stuff. Okay, so the idea of having a crown then mm-hmm. has to do, uh, for a woman, it means that this this particular person is the softer, if you want to put it, side of me. So the burdens that I carry don't come, she does not carry those same burdens. Now she might lay, I might lace my burden on her, but if we both carry in this pressure kind of lifestyle, then I never have a place of refuge to go to because she's always frustrated and she's always bent out of shape and I can't ever go and get solace and comfort from that place. So the, the role should be defined like drastically defined um one of the things um and we'll get to this another time but you know the verse where it says and a woman should not wear that which pertaineth to a man Mm -hmm. okay so in torah if you read in hebrew it's actually talking about a weapon she should not wear it wear that because remember nobody i mean they wore different stuff but it's talking about when you look at it's talking about a, a weapon meaning a woman shouldn't go to war she shouldn't go to be in front of men in the sense that she can get beat or beat up because remember it's a pressure women don't go to war she doesn't carry a, a, a weapon of war in order that's the man's job you know she can protect herself but if me and you are together we live in a house i'm not i'm not going off to battle while you stay home now that's a new thing now where like women soldiers leave their children and they go off to war that not it's not that a woman can't do it we saw jl as a person in the bible that drove the stake through the guy's head and deborah prophesies it um we see that women can do it but when a woman has to carry that kind of burden then something's missing from the home okay so um the idea of a crown so atara right and on your second sheet so it has a two-letter root and i'll give you both but it literally means and this is crazy the pictograph um is a eye and the tet is a picture of a basket or a container mm-hmm. so combine these mean to see and contain okay a bird and this is funny a bird of prey is able to see his prey from a great distance he then drops down on its prey with the talons firmly surrounding the prey crushing and suffocating it okay right so in a Western mind, it's terrible. Like, why would a crown have to do with that? But it's twofold. Because guess what? Birds of prey don't kill for no reason. Birds of prey kill to protect and to feed. A bird of prey is out there and she is going to protect and she's going to bring home. So she's fierce. When you see a female eagle, you're like, I'm not picking that up and petting it. But when she goes back to her nest and she gives up everything so that her babies can eat, those babies don't see her as an eagle. They see her as mom. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing for a woman. I'm fierce like a lioness. When the lioness is out there hunting, when she comes back, the little baby cubs are not like hiding under a chair like, oh my gosh, you just killed a whole zebra. Like, you're going to kill us all too. It's like, no, I don't use my power to destroy you. I use my power to protect and to feed you. So now you can see how this idea of to see and contain so i'm going to see to take care of but i'm also going to see to protect at the same time okay so pointed claws so then it means that she's a crown for her husband guess what 
She the same thing for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will scratch your eyes out. No. <laughs> if you try to take my husband, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you do protect your. You do. Your, you know that's what, about- So when you see other women, and most men think that you're being you're like, oh, she's insecure. No. I know the tendency of women. I know the. I know the stupidity of men. Yes. And I know the fact that I have to, I might have to pull my claws out sometimes to protect you from doing something stupid that you're going to regret and that's going to then affect the whole home. You can see it from a mile away. That's to see, to see it and to contain it. I'm going to see it and I'm going to check it before it becomes an issue. That's, that's the job. So the second one has the definition of surrounding, right? Crowning. But to protect or project, so women have this keen ability, like a like an eagle. Eagle can see far, and it can see sharp. I can see something way before it's getting ready to happen. So trust my judgment on this. A woman is a crowned husband. I can see. I can look at what's happening, project to the future, and tell you this might not turn out well. So this is not. I just sit up here on a crown. I look pretty. A crown is not that. A crown is something that has power behind it right so it has to separate into groups to close off to distinguish to penetrate to exert power one of the things that's hard for women especially women in the in this modern hebrew culture because we have not met these women of old but if you read about them they were there were times when a woman did exert power like i'm good but look this is going to be this for instance Sarah, and I'm going to mention her because she goes down in what we consider the hall of faith. Mm-hmm. She, Yod talks about her and he says, you daughters of Sarah, be like her. You're like, wait, you know about the same Sarah right here? Mm-hmm. Yes, that one. The one who, in order to assist Yah, gave Yah her handmaiden. Gave Yah her handmaiden. And then when the handmaiden got out of control, was like, you sent her and her baby off. Right? The reason why Yah called her righteous, even though that seems so foul, like you had this man lay with this lady and there's this baby. And you, not only did she send her off, she she beat her. She like she actually beat up Hagar. That's literally in scripture. That's not she was not like playing with Hagar. <laughs> she beat her. And literally. And Yah told Hagar to go back. Submit. He go back and submit to her. For a couple reasons. One, Ishmael has to have a father because He's also a promise seed. Not the promise seed, but he's a promise seed. But for another reason, because you have a, you have a problem too. But the reason why Yah considers her righteous is because she saw something mm-hmm. in the countenance of the mother that was going to be transferred into the child. Mm-hmm. And But what Yah had to tell her was, it ain't going to happen right now. Let this kid get to a particular age. And you're going to see the same thing. And then they'll leave. But let him be raised under Torah because not all of Ishmael's kids were not Torah keepers. Let's not forget that. Some of them were. Yeah. You got just like he the Hebrews, the 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 Israel Hebrews went off, the Israelite Hebrews were on and then went off too. But what happened is when the child got older, she noticed something about him. he's like, oh he's a hunter. And his mother has a problem with me and with her position. And so now the child, even though that's a good child, because it's his mother, he's going to raise up and have a problem with this chosen seed. This child has to be raised different. It has to be treated different. It has to be cared for different. Not like you won't get your fair share because you get a double portion. You're the firstborn, but it won't be like this. And so what will happen is you will start to despise the child and you might accidentally kill it because it ain't against, it ain't unlike Hebrews to kill their brothers, you know? And so... So you, and to prove that these kind of dispositions raise up in children when you have a chosen child is Joseph. Joseph didn't do, he didn't do anything wrong. It was so, it was, Joseph would say stuff that Yah showed him. And one time, this is really funny and we'll get back. Joseph tells about the dream. He's like, and I had, the first one was the sheaves and they all bowed, right? And then the other one was the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and daddy said. <laughs> Jacob said. Yeah. Boy, get, get, get your butt in this tent. And he whooped him. He beat him for saying it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, Yah spoke to me. He was like, 
But go ahead and tell me again about what y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you because you shouldn't even have said it. Like it, you know what I mean. But I'm gonna listen because. Well, you are special. So you see how the contention between that which is chosen. So a woman can see further than the man can. So in a sense, she has to exert her power where it's like, I have a gift and we're supposed to work as a team. And I see destruction for our family if this happens. And what did Abraham tell Hagar? Because a lot of people have an issue with this relationship. I mean, Abraham, uh, what did Abraham tell Sarah? He said, send her away then. If you believe that passionately that this is going to be a problem for our family, then I'm going to stand behind what you decide. The same way that you believe that passionately in the promise seed that you were able to give up letting that seed physically come through you. Mm -hmm. So you see how that works? You've proven to me that you have the best interest of of this family at heart. So if you see something, then I'm also going to go with it. So he's a, a crown. Protection. Okay. Um... So, so I did the negatives and the positives. So after the process of renewal, okay, comes the correct placement. So a virtuous woman, a strong woman is a crown or a container or a surrounding for a husband. So in the, in, in Western culture, we always get that the husband is the only protector, but everything in Hebrew is a balance. Mm -hmm. And as he protects her, she also is protecting him. Also from herself, like we talked about before, I have to also protect myself from attacks from Satan. Because if you do trust me, and if I am this fortress, then you also have to trust that I'm not going to double cross you. Like a Delilah. Delilah was a crown to Samson. He literally entrusted her with his literal crown, his head, his hair. And she broke him down from the inside and then let people overtake him to the point of him actually literally end up getting his eyes plucked out and they cut his hair off and he eventually dies because Mm -hmm. she was supposed to if if you if i trust you then not only should should you protect me from you but you should also protect me from everything on the outside also right so let's deal with the second type of woman but she that maketh ashamed is rottenness in his bones Okay, so we obviously, this is a play on words. Now, we know a little of these words so you can see how the poetry is. So a strong woman is the crown of her husband. He's strong and he's sturdy. Mm-hmm. Remember the whole idea of Selim, the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh? Mm-hmm. I am, she's the strength of the body or the, the strength, okay? So then, a, then the other woman makes a shame and is rottenness to his bones. So what are rotten bones? They're weak. They're weak. They're, they're easily broken and they shatter and they're destructive, right? So you have this wise woman who is strength and then this unwise woman who is then rottenness. So you got, we went through Leviticus. So you remember rottenness has to do with mold. It's like moldy. So you think about a house. Have you ever seen rotten wood? I have. When we were up at that church in San Francisco, the church was on the coast. And so they weren't opening the windows properly. So the, the wood got wet and soaked and started rotting. And the wood was literally, the floor was up. When we pulled the floor up and we took the hammer to hit the wood, it just crumbled. There was nothing there. It looked like wood. It looked sturdy. It was literally holding the floor up. But if you just hit it with a hammer, it just crumbled. like It like shattered like glass, right? So you have this thing that looks like it's a foundation. It looks like it's sturdy. But anything that bumps up against it might knock it down. Literally, one of the, the whole wall on one side of the church fell down. Because it, was, it, was, it looks like a building. And it looks sturdy, but it's it's rotten. And so you know what rotten? You know, have you been in a, in a people who live in the city who don't know that you're supposed to open your windows when they live by the bay? It gets moldy, and you feel like you know that sticky, icky, mm-hmm. like you're in a cave feeling. And so guess what that is? It's not comfortable. So it's like that, like we talked about a house where yes, it's strong, but it's cozy. But then you have a house that looks strong, and you get inside and you just don't feel right. It's just like there is something really wrong with this. Now, y'all said this. I didn't. But I'm going to show y'all what this means. Okay. <laughs> the word for ashamed right here, right? Is this word. It's called bush. Bush, right? B-O-O-S-H. It's the third uh, picture on that second page. And it means a drying up of a land or a stream of, or a plant, right? 
so it just it looks terrible and it it's not cool to be around it and it's mm-hmm. there's no life in it right it actually it also carries the idea of shame right when a wetland dries up and the fish and vegetation die it begins to stink in a rotten manner okay so i cut off the second part of this not intentionally the second part of this word literally means i'm promised for god i'm not lying i'm actually i got the book right here uh it literally means like a woman who is undesirable to have sex with because she's like this dried up wasteland that's literally what it means it's a shame Mm. is what scripture calls that but it but also it's because she's undesirable not only is she so she's now not desirable to her husband see how that, that works so you have this woman who has become a shame and she's literally like rottenness to his bones like you're just like you disgust me mm-hmm. and that type of situation tears down a house mm-hmm it, it just it just withers it away and so it has idea of being deceived or disillusioned okay being disappointed reviling which means an argumentative disdaining just hating being ashamed you're ashamed or you're embarrassed ever also has to do with the testicles being a place of shame but it has to do with the idea of a he's not even able to give forth his seed because he just begins to hate her so much. Like David with Michael. Right. David had that issue when he got in the ark came in and he danced and she's like, oh, you out there dancing for all them women, huh? And he was like, you know what? He said, are you kidding me? You know what? I, I will never lay with you again. You, I, I, I can't even make myself be with you. And remember, David, people miss this. David loves Saul's daughter. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He she and she him. loved him. He wouldn't. She hid him, him from her mm-hmm. father. She we went and killed Goliath to get her. her. Mm-hmm. He was. I mean, he did it for Yah, but I mean, he didn't. It wasn't like it was a not a prize to have her. And he was like, oh, you didn't got all out of you are you are rottenness to my bones. You just you did you you test me. I will not build my house with you. So then he builds his house with another Solomon. Be, well, he has other children, but Solomon then becomes the person that is the next in line to be king. He builds his house in another place. Um, so this whole idea of to to make ashamed means that like every and everybody knows this about your wife. Everybody knows that she's mean and she's not protecting her family mm-hmm. and she don't give a damn about you. I'm sorry, but or anybody else for that matter. And so what does that become? So what does it do to the house? It starts to rot the house. And so what does she do? If she's not the crown and she becomes rottenness, then she begins to expose. Mm-hmm. So she exposes him mm-hmm. and she exposes to people what she... And so what does that leave? That leaves him as a target. target. Mm-hmm. So you've already torn him down in the home. Mm-hmm. So he's already fragile and brittle and wow. he's already exposed and he's probably already... You know what I mean? And so people don't understand why because he's, he's still the king mm-hmm. and he's still going to go out and go to battle and he's still going to hold his head up and he's still going to do all these things and but in the inside his his bones are rotten and he has he has no support and so then people see that and then they see the woman and then all of a sudden they start going okay but why would as she actually starts to expose him and he must be the problem and so after she's beat him down within the gates with her claws because that's a negative in the pot after she's preyed upon him and upon her family then she opens the door and now you see these like everything's all in shambles everybody's like what did he do because he's the strength he's the thing that upholds the home and the home is falling down from the inside out right and so you turn it around and now that you've exposed him now people are looking and saying oh no he's the problem not her Right? And so what happens then? A wise woman built her house, but guess what the foolish woman did? She tore, tore it down, down yeah. with her own hands. Mm-hmm. But nobody sees you. If you if right now we start demolishing this house from the inside, people from the outside, well, that's a really nice house. Mm-hmm. And you open the door, you go, Whoa. Mm-hmm. Right? So once I demolish it from the inside, all it takes for a person to come is hit it with a hammer, the whole house will collapse on itself. Mm-hmm. If you go see these ancient ruins, it's that same thing. 
Most of the time when a country or something of great power crumbles, it crumbles from the inside. And then once it falls on the inside, then it leaves the outside susceptible to enemies. It's the same thing with the home. As it crumbles from the inside, then it leaves the outside. Once the woman who's supposed to be the crown of her husband or supposed to be protecting the interests of the family, once she backs away from her position, then the enemy comes in and he can do the rest from there. It's already rotten, right? So that's what those type two type of women look like. The virtuous woman bring strength to the home and she upholds it it could be falling down but she's going to keep fixing where it's falling where the foolish woman is not only praying or using her sharp talons and her words and her daggers and her hatred to tear down her family but she's also going to tear down the house and when the house falls hebraically the community falls because the community is built on family so when we're dealing with the crown throughout the next few weeks we're going to be dealing with, if the woman wears this delicate crown, it doesn't mean that the crown is of less value. Mm-hmm. But it also means that it has to be protected more. Mm-hmm. The crown that she wears can wither. It's susceptible to bugs and pests. And somebody can easily knock it off. <laughs> so we're constantly readjusting our crowns. Because you have to be in control of your position so that other things don't crumble. So we're going to talk about how to deal with attacks in the mind, mm-hmm. how to be, how to deal with our head in the sense of leadership and order. Because one of the most important things about order is that it's very important when it comes to battle. And one of the biggest battles is a spiritual battle, and especially against the family in these last days. Mm-hmm. Because if I pull you apart, then I can divide and conquer mm-hmm. pretty much. And so I can separate. I can destroy the children. I can destroy the family. I can bring in predators. and mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that has to be what we're thinking about. Our minds, how to keep them renewed, how to be that, how to have a quiet head. Be so that, right. All those thoughts. Put them into subjection, right, so that you have a quiet head so that you can deal with other things like, um, and I can, so that's where we're going with this whole thing, um, to, to, to an end, all this was to an end, um, so a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is rottenness to his bones, and I actually have a second translation for that, and I'll just share that with you before we go, and it reads like this, it says, a woman of strength is the crown of her master. And by master, it has to do with, um, doesn't mean like a master, like a slave master. Mm-hmm. But a master is actually a term of reverence. It, it means you uphold that position. It's, you know, the Bible says, and Sarah called Abraham Lord. Mm-hmm. She didn't call him Lord. She called him Adoni, which means master. And it represents his position. Sometimes you have to speak life into a position for a person to actually rise into that position. Sometimes you have to call somebody something that they're not at the time. Because remember, he <laughs> remember he told two people, actually three. It was actually yes, three. three. Yeah, that, that was his sister. Yes, so he was not was. always master. He was master, but she could see further. She was like the hawk. She could see further than what he was right now. She could see further for their seed. She, and that's why she life into him so that he could rise to who he was supposed to be. But she was firm about it too. She had her thing. So it says, a woman of strength is the crown of her master. But like rot in his bones is she who brings shame, which means that.